welcome to another episode of Big Red Dram. I'm your humble host, Jason Langater. As always, thank you for tuning in. It is a wonderful Thursday afternoon. I'm trying to get through the week just like everybody else, and uh, it's nice to be back at the grind, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it, it's it's good to be employed again. Um, Kill Holman. So last week I had talked about, while well, I was talk, doing the Eagle Rare Pick, how I had to kind of flip-flop things. So uh, my Kill Holman issue got resolved, and my wonderful gorgeous glorious looking bottle of uh Kilholman small batch arrived and I have taken possession of it and I love it it's very good um if you recall we had a Kilholman as a guest for the Wheat and Whiskey Club on a Zoom meeting <clears throat> a couple weeks ago now I think it was and it was a phenomenal Zoom uh we had uh, our friend Catherine from Kilholman join us and talk to us for about two hours and it was fantastic it was just absolutely fantastic and um it was just great to hear someone who's very proud of where they work and their distillery talk a lot with a lot of heart and a lot of uh, enthusiasm about Kilholman and the best thing about Kilholman and the best story about Kilholman is they are really an underdog in a island of giants um you when you start out as a small family distillery I think it was in 2005 and you're going up against a reinvigorated Brook Lottie. You're going up against Boonhaven, Bomor, Ardbeg, Lafroig, Lagavulin, Kalila. You're 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 up against some greats. Um, did I say Boonhaven? Boonhaven too. Um, <clears throat> and it's hard to get a foothold in a market like Isla, like an Isla whiskey. It's hard to make a name for yourself without having something special. And Kilholman has done that, um, you know, and for what it's worth, full disclosure, I never really gave them their due. Um, that was my mistake. It was McKeer Bay was it for me. And I did that podcast a long time ago. I didn't really have a whole lot of, of expressions from them. And I have since had my mind changed. That's the nice thing about, about Scottish whiskey. Nice thing about Scotland, which is what I was going to say. And it's a nice thing about Isla Whiskey is that it is, at the end of the day, one big happy family, to be honest with you. Everybody knows everybody on that island. Everybody cares for one another on that island because they have no one but each other to look out for one another. And they really do take pride in their whiskey. Um, they're a force in that environment. They're a force in that um, in that market. Isla is, and they do a lot of business for Scotland, drive a lot of revenue for Scotland, and they should be appreciated for all their hard work that they do. Um, <clears throat> that being said, Kilholman really just, they rose from, from nothing. You know, they, they got together one day and they decided to make a farm distillery. You know, again, back in 2005, the Wills family came together, um, Anthony and his wife, Kathy, uh, basically found some derelict farm buildings in Isla in 2005, and they kind of built everything from there. And the, their sons are involved. Um, I know that uh, James, Peter, and George, uh, James and Anthony had, and Mr. Wills, um, did quite a few different postings, different live live streams on Instagram um, over the course of the holidays, facial, etc. And it was always fun to watch them interact as father and son because they always kind of 
had this banter about them and it was always great to watch them do those videos and they're probably going to be doing that again here in in the end of may beginning of june for facial again and it really was a great experience just to see some of the humanity behind the story to to to, to see them interact and just to kind of see something that you might not normally see under normal circumstances or maybe you would i don't know i've i've never been fortunate enough to be to be at facial and when we were um, on Isla um, in 2017, we never made it to the West Coast. So uh, the west side of the island, sadly, um, we just ran out of time. We were going to, um, but we had a flight that was moved up half half a day. <laughs> so we had to spend more time in Edinburgh, darn. But still, it would have been nice to spend more time. I could spend a week or two weeks on Isla and just spend a day at each distillery or two and just take it in. One of quick sidebar one of my fondest memories because we did stay on and i've said this story a thousand times now during this podcast but we stayed on our bag uh, at the sea view cottage and i took a few moments um more than one occasion where i just tried to just go and just take it in right and there was a moment that actually my friend jim captured on film digitally of me sitting out there enjoying a cuban that i bought uh in glasgow and um, enjoying some Ardbeg, some Oogadol, and just kind of taking in the bay because we were on the uh, east side of, I think it's the bay, and um, a golf, oh no, it's not a golf, I don't even know. Anyway, we're taking. I was taking in the scenery, <laughs> I was just taking it in. This is the experience, the water, the being on Isla, being in Scotland, being in another country other than the United States for the first time in my life, and um other than north america central america i should say um, for the first time in my life and it was just it was just it's another world like i said i think i've said this a few times i felt like i was home and kilholman's kind of risen into a major player now in in isla and in scottish whiskey and it's a huge testament to their hard work to the labor that everybody who is involved there goes through and everything that they all do and they've created something fantastic and for a 16 year old distillery they're starting to put out their own product obviously they're they're putting out their own products now but you're getting some age statements you're getting some things that people deem a necessity for a scott for a scottish whiskey producer um having some age statements they but they do a really really good job is in the world of uh, finishing that's kind of how they started that was kind of their niche and that's kind of where they continue to grow is in their finishing and how they pair barrels together and uh, Mr. Wills does a fine job of that, and he does a really good. Uh, Isla Heads, who's his general manager, also does a really good job of that. <clears throat> they're they're a strong team, and they do a wonderful, wonderful job. And it came across in the Zoom in the Zoom uh, meeting that we had with them as well. Um, you could just see, you could hear the passion, and I say that with a little bit of an accent because that's that was Jim McCune's thing. It, it, you have to be passionate in this world of whiskey. Um, because if you're not passionate about it, every, anything and everything that you make is just a mere shadow of what it could be. Um, paraphrase this quote a little bit from from Scotch A Golden Dream, but it's a that's the one of the main quotes of the Wheat and Whiskey Club is it's, I'm passionate about whiskey and it's and we're passionate about whiskey and Kilholman's passionate about whiskey and it, you you start to dive into the world of whiskey and become uh, um, involved in it. 
you just happen to develop a passion for it because you start to get passionate about learning more. You start to get passionate about wanting to discover more, discover new things. And that was the cool thing about the whole Zoom thing is that I had, again, just done McCure Bay. I hadn't really given them a, their due because I wasn't familiar. So I wasn't, I was hesitant to take a chance. That's a good way to say that. And being able to do the Zoom call and being fortunate enough to be picked to do it and to get four new expressions that I haven't tried split them out amongst the crew that we that we had for that meeting and actually try some new things um you noticed a few you noticed a few things you noticed the underlying palette the under, underlying profile of Kilholman. you kind of got that how they liked to pete things how that pete plays into it but then you got to notice how good they are at finishing because we had a sherry. We had a one that was more bourbon than sherry. And then we had the 100% Isla, which is ex-bourbon barrels. And then we had the McCure Bay, which is also really good with a little more peat. And all those different things kind of come into play. And this particular bottle that we're talking about today appealed to me. It was part of our price sheet for some bottles we could get as a result of you know being on the call. So it was a nice little bonus that... Uh, the um, distributors that were involved were kind enough to set up for us. Um, I was able to get this United States of America small batch number three that is um, a blended, a batched, it's a better way to say that, a batched um, release of 1,260 bottles of 50% port, 47% bourbon, and 3% sherry. And it's kind of funny with that 3% sherry, but you do get a little bit of the sherry sweetness. And at 48.9, it's a little bit higher than the 46, I believe, is their standard. Um, but it was funny walking the my Wonders of Whiskey glass and the bottle outside to take some pictures. You could really, I mean, the glass was probably a foot or two away from my nose, and you could get the peat was coming off it pretty hard. It's just, it, they do such a great job of making the, the floral notes that is part of their... Um, distillate still maintain its character when they blend or when they finish their whiskeys in different barrels and when they they batch them together they do a great job of imposing uh, imparting great flavors into their whiskey and really creating something special and that's the nice thing about a lot of their releases like the Sanig the uh, the Ambrach that we had which is unique and we won't be able to get that again but the um, Loch Gorm and some of the others that they do seasonally, so to speak, um, are worth it. They're worth grabbing. And uh, like I said, they made a fan out of me. Um, so this one in particular has got a great port color. It's almost a red wine. Um, it's, it's got a nice red color to it. Legs for days. Swirling it in the Wonders of Whiskey glass does really show off that. That's why I really like this glass. Um, it has <clears throat> It has a little bit of both worlds that I like. It's got a nice goblet feature to it. It's very much an exaggerated tulip, uh, kind of a bloated, bigger Glencairn. The nice thing about that is that you can get a nice swirl in it and you can really get it, appreciate the color and the way it looks. And I do like a stemmed glass more. I do. The base on a Glencairn is great for when you're with people and you're just kind of doing tastings. But if you're looking to really appreciate it, take some time with it, get acquainted with the whiskey. It's great to have a stem because you can then you move your hand further away from the from the actual glass and you're not a mucking it up with fingerprints because you're constantly touching it but you're also not warming the whiskey a lot with your hand which eh, it's right it's it's to each their own as far as temperature goes right because that's just a a personal preference 
Um, there's some plosives for you, personal preference. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, just legs for days. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's a great color. Um, and again, on the nose, it's very floral. The port comes through. You get that nice peat. You get it. Ah, oh, you get ah, oh, just a nice little minty spearmint familiarity from bourbon, from the bourbon influence. A hint of cinnamon, a hint of that brown sugar, that nice blend of those when they get to kind of get together and it it invokes some sort of minty memory. I don't know why, but not in like an overpowering mint, but like a spearmint, a soft mint, um, something that smells sweet in that family of of odors. <laughs> But it's not like uh, an Altoid mint or anything like that. It's just, it's subtle, it's sweet. And then you can kind of get a little bit of sherry out of it, but it's just, it's very well balanced. And it's very fun to just nose. That's why I really like this. And I've only had a little bit of it. Um, that's why I really like this this expression from Kilhoman, and I was very pleased to get my hands on it. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's delightful to sit. But you gotta get past the peats very much in the forefront in this whiskey. Um, you get a, you get a lot of that port character, but it's very peated port, and not Lafroy ten peated. So uh, when I say very, it's just, it's very as in it's in the forefront. So it's got a nice smoky taste to it, but it doesn't hijack your palate. Um, the peat does eventually give way. Not like a Laphroaig 10. Laphroaig 10 is really the always, I hate beating up on Laphroaig 10. I know there's people out there that love it. Um, but it's really my one example of how a whiskey can really just batter your impression of what a smoky whiskey should be. Um, and that's, again, it's point it's to drive that conversation because it wants to be that at liquid ashtray. <laughs> that's it's just, it doesn't make any apologies for it. Um, at 50 PPM, this is not by any means a heavily peated whiskey. I think Laphroaig 10 is only 40. So it's, it's a little bit more in the parts per million, but it's how you finish it. Because that you can either finish it in a way that the peat is at the forefront, or you can finish it in a way that the port, the bourbon flavors come through a little bit more blended with the peat, or even more in front of the peat. But the peat just acts more as a, a secondary character in the overall story. And in this case, it it's it's sharing the title, it's sharing the headline, the um. I think the headliner, right? There's there's two headliners in the in the movie. It's there. It may not not quite a secondary character. It's not a guest star. <laughs> or an also starring. That's your sherry. But I get a lot of port dark fruit. Um it's delectable. The second sips, the lapete is less pronounced as it is in the first. It's still there, it's still hanging out. And it's it's just it's delectable. It's a good dram. Um, smoke a little bit of sea salt. Like I said, dark fruits from the port, um, a, a wee bit of sherry sweetness, and you definitely get on the back end some 
influence from the bourbon barrels. So and those would be Buffalo Trace barrels. That's their predominant bourbon barrel that Kilhoman uses. And you do get a little bit of um, of that bourbon brown sugar, a little bit of that oakiness, um, and a little bit of the cinnamon spice to it. Uh, but it's all very mellowed out by the port, which is just, it's it's a very good blend, a very good balance. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. And again, this one's, this is going to be an 87 for me. It's, it's, it's a solid bottle. It really is a good bottle. Um, and I'm very glad to have it. Um, so there is the Kilhoman United States of America, small batch number three. Uh, I think Benny's might have some, I don't know if where locally you can get this. Um, like I said, we got it special through some distributor friends, um, but be on the lookout for it. It's, it should be on store shelves. If it's in your area, I definitely recommend grabbing one. If you like a little bit of something different, um, in an Isla, this one is going to be very good for you. So enjoy. Um, so thank you as always for listening. I do appreciate it as always. Um, and I hope you have a great weekend and go out and enjoy whiskey one dram at a time.